What is going on? I am Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report, episode number 109. It feels Every week it feels like there's more than that, but it feels like I'm stuck on the same number, but yeah, there's a counter on podcast that tells me how many episodes we've done, so I guess this is 109. Um, really cool guest for you guys today. First time guest. Um, felt like he was kind of trying to get used to us <laughs> as the show progressed. Brandon Anderson of the Tar Heel blog, um, one of the guys that I follow on Twitter and interact with a little bit. Um, <laughs> funny guy. Uh, I don't know if he knew what to expect when you put me and Chimp in the same room with somebody. So it, it was a, it was a good time. We got to talk a lot about Carolina basketball uh, this season, last season. Talked about what uh, you know his thoughts on the Cole Anthony season, which is going to go down in history as one of the you know maybe the worst Carolina seasons overall in the past 25 years. But was that really Cole Anthony's fault? And I think you may be surprised by Brandon's answer. Uh, talked about some uh, ACC dark horses. Talked about who's going to win the league, and then we get into <laughs> the chimps, uh, into the bonus section, which was particularly fun tonight, just because of just certain aspects of who Carolina fans hate and who the Patriots beat in the Super Bowl. So um, I had a good time. I hope they had a good time. Here he is, Brandon Anderson of the Tar Heel Blog. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I'm Michael Hunter, joined as always by the Chimp, and today we have another uh, first-time guest for ACC BR, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Brandon Anderson of the Tar Heel Blog joins us today. Brandon, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Um, doing my best not to drown today, but yeah, can't <laughs> complain. Yeah, I hear you. I was just telling the Chimp offline that uh, you know he answered the phone and said it was a it was a nice beautiful day where he's at, and I said, man, we definitely live in two different places. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was a cold, dreary day in the Triangle today. Yeah, I, I guess last time we saw this much rain. Right, right. Um, I guess before we get started, um, go ahead and uh, and let everybody know who you are, where they can find your work, and uh, and how you're associated with the Tar Heels. Yeah, so um, you can find my work at tarheelblog.com. Um, I'm a writer over there, editor. Um, do a podcast show over there as well. Um, that's on the Tar Heel. You can find that under Tar Heel Blog, anywhere you can find podcasts. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Nice. So you and I, you and I have had some interaction a little bit on Twitter over the years, but we've never actually had kind of a, a lengthy conversation. So I thought it'd be a good time to have you on, um, given you know kind of the state of, of Tar Heel basketball right now. Uh, before we get into Carolina, though, I saw a little bit of breaking news when I got out of work today, as Virginia Tech has suspended their starting shooting guard, Tyrese Ratford, quote-unquote, indefinitely. Um, do you have an opinion on how that's going to affect the Hokies moving forward? Um, yeah, so I haven't been able to watch a bunch of Virginia Tech, but that has to be a pretty big blow. I know they've been doing pretty well in the conference so far. Um, and let me see who they have next, because I was just looking at that. I know they still haven't played Virginia yet, so that's going to be a problem. Right, that's actually coming up in about a week, or this weekend. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, Yeah. so they have... 
Oh yeah, they got Virginia left, Florida State, Louisville. North. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I they got get, Florida State twice. Yeah, so. you know, it indefinitely has become one of those weird terms that when people see indefinitely, they think that it could be the rest of the season. But I think what we've seen in some in some recent seasons is that indefinitely could be the rest of this week before the game, or maybe a game, and then you know he they do something to. You know, to redeem themselves and they get back on the floor fairly quickly, especially when they're an important player such as this. Yeah, and I mean, by Coach K's definition, we could see them in like two days. Chimp, your thoughts, man? What was that? I said, your thoughts on Tyrese Radford being suspended by Virginia Tech? Yes, I have thoughts on that. Uh, My thought is that a week ago, I retweeted Mike Young's complimentary uh, statement regarding Tyrese Radford, uh, how he brings it, great guy to coach. And then today you see the news, and obviously, it, it like you said, it, it kind of trickled out as to really what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was a bit surprised by it, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how he handles it and see how long the suspension lasts. I guess I missed that tweet from Coach Young last week, but uh, yeah, that that adds a little bit of a wrinkle to this whole situation. Um, Brandon, I guess jumping right into the Tar Heels, that's the team you're most familiar with, the team you write about. Um, This will be a fairly Tar Heel-centric podcast today. Um, I think they're a pretty intriguing team as far as when you're talking about teams in our area go. I'm living in the triangle as well. You know, after a pretty disastrous uh, 2019-20 you know, how would you rate what you've seen this season from Carolina? Um, so compared to last year, I'd say that things were automatically an improvement just with how the roster was produced this time. Um, had some five stars come in with this 20, uh, 2020 class. Mm-hmm. So that helped quite a bit on um, some more time on the roster. I think as far as how everything's gone so far, um, I would probably give it maybe about a six or a seven. I About a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have been ready to give it more of like a three or a four, but I feel like they're finally starting to kind of figure things out down the stretch of ACC play. Um I'm guessing maybe they were just behind, uh, so to speak, because of COVID. You know, not a lot of practices and scrimmages and things like that because it seems like this is kind of lining up with the timeline of when they usually start clicking. But I don't know. They've also played some teams that, I mean, they're all right. Like, I, I don't want to discredit NC State much. Syracuse was a tough um, tough team to go in there. To, but um, I, I, I want to see more. Basically, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to get that tomorrow against Pitt. Yeah, I think um, Pitt has been, for me, maybe the most surprising team in the ACC. Some people may point to GTAC. Um, but I think... Pitt sitting at wherever they're at. I think right now Pittsburgh is four and one in the ACC, if I'm looking at this correct. Four and two in the ACC right now. So, you know, win over Duke, two wins over Syracuse, um, Miami on the road. Those that's a pretty good four 
four game opening win or four good wins early in the ACC season, I think, especially back to back against Syracuse. Um, Carolina's interesting. Started out five and four, have been are, are now five and one since um, in their last six games. Ten and five on the season, five and three in the conference. Um, hit the road to go to Pitt. I think that's notable. Uh, second in the nation on offensive rebounding percentage. I don't think that's that's too crazy uh, to comprehend. I think we all kind of expected that coming into the season, given their front court talent. Given the team's lack of shooting ability, is it? What do you think's going on as far as Puff Johnson goes, who was fairly high regarded coming into this season or coming into this class, I guess, as a as a top tier shooter? Uh, you know, Cam uh, Cam Johnson's uh, younger brother. Uh, I expected a little bit more of him. Why do you think we're not seeing him on the floor? I think it's a couple of things because it didn't seem like he was able to practice with the team a whole lot to start the season. I feel like he's been in and out of practices and things like that kind of during the season, even mm-hmm. still. Um, I think even in the last game, he was in street clothes. So okay. I feel like that probably has something to do with it. I think probably another aspect of it is it's really it's really tough when you bring in somebody's younger brother mm-hmm. because I think automatically as like you know fans or observers we tend to do this thing where we expect them to be up to par with basically you know their older sibling but I, it's probably not fair I mm-hmm. mean we got Cam as like a transfer right and um, I think he had yeah, we got a good couple of years out of him, but I mean, he was already used to college and he already, you know, just had his feet under him and came out of the gates firing on all cylinders. So I feel like with Puff, for us to see what we're likely to see for the rest of his UNC career, it's probably going to be a little bit. I don't know if we're going to see it this year, honestly. Right. Um, you know, we, we talked about the team's ability to shoot the basketball. It's kind of been beat to death so far as their obvious point of concern. You know, are there any other, I guess, contributing factors to Carolina's struggles early in the season that they've since rectified? Confidence is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually read this piece by, um, I want to say that it was Brendan Marks by the athletic that wrote it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I read a bunch of stuff, but let's just credit him for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, um, Caleb had a hard time kind of like just dealing with the transfer to college, whether it was on the court or off the court. And I think in his head, he just got really overwhelmed. And so, I know that his mom kind of like, you know, got him into like meditation and things like that, which sounds really, I don't know how you want to put it, but (laughs) he starts doing it and he starts playing better. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, whatever works, man. Right. It's like those things that we don't think of because we want to focus on the X's and O's, but this kid starts meditating and things like that. And all of a sudden he looks like the guy that we what we were getting when we recruited him. Right. So I feel like um, kind of that oddball thing as well as I think the guards are just in general starting to get a hang of the offense better, um, kind of how to facilitate. Uh, there's been a slight drop in turnovers. I would still like to see it a lot better, but I think in terms of their shooting, 
they're also picking their shots a lot better. So I feel like anytime that you're able to do that and not force your offense, that helps quite a bit. So I'd say that's probably about what's, you know, kind of causing what's been going on there. Chimp, what do you think about uh, using meditation as a vehicle to uh, improve your basketball game? I'm all for meditation, amongst other things, to use <laughs> to help to enhance your uh, ability to play basketball. But I, about Carolina, Carolina's lost five games, mm-hmm. okay? And I, under, I understand that UNC is supposed to win every game. That's the, just the way it is. But if you look at Carolina's five losses, okay, they lost to Texas by two. They lost at Iowa, which, you know, it's a tough game. NC State by three, Georgia Tech by five on the road, and at FSU in a game they were in into the last minute. Right. So, you know, the losses aren't that bad. Now, they also had some close wins against Notre Dame and yeah. against Miami, and, and their play has been, you know, shoddy at times. But the thing is, I mean, they're young. And, you know, if you're going to hand the ball to a freshman, you have to expect uh, some of the things that, that, that Brandon was talking about. I mean, you're going to have turnovers. You're going to have bad shots. Uh, and the part of the problem for me is everybody in today's world expects these freshmen to come in and just set the world on fire. Yeah, immediate gratification. Where, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, where you have to allow these kids to grow a little bit. And they, they're learning as they go, and especially in this pandemic. You know, as Brandon mentioned, the practice time, you know, is is down probably. The schedule is weird. and But I, I think Carolina's in pretty good shape. I really do. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when they when they went out, you mentioned the losses. Basically, they, you know, they went 2-4 and four over a stretch where, where they fell to 5-4. and four. Um, And then there was the close win at home over Notre Dame in which they really did not play well. And I think that, that kind of scared a little bit of, of people you know, we sure we lost to some good teams. I personally have never been a big believer in NC State. I thought that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors early in the season. Um, and then, you know, that Notre Dame, you know, that kind of left a bad taste. They followed up on the road at Miami, which is maybe the most inconsistent team in the conference. Um, win that game by two. And now you're really wondering, you know, what this Carolina team is actually made of because they just, it's not, like you said, it's not the Carolina team of old. Now, what we've seen in the last three games, that, that includes the Florida State game, is that Caleb Love is starting to turn it around a little bit. And I'm, I'm guilty of what the chimp is talking about. You know, I thought coming into the year, he was just the next, not, not necessarily uh, Kobe White, because Kobe was a special kind of scorer. But I love the way that Caleb plays as far as getting downhill, getting to the rim, and either finishing it or dumping off, or the ability to create off the dribble. So I was really excited about that. I was guilty of thinking that he would just take over from from the word go and that hasn't really happened over the last three games like I said we've seen him sort of be a little bit more consistent come alive a little bit you know Brandon you know now that he's seemingly turned the corner what are your thoughts on his ceiling as far as the rest of the season you think he's going to be a one and done do you think he sticks around for a second year what, what do you see coming up for 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 Caleb yeah that's a tough situation because I've been keeping an eye on the um NBA draft boards and he's basically knocked off of it right now. Yeah. Um, that can definitely change, but it, I feel like he's probably going to have to do quite a bit 
And like, I, I think if there's anything that I've noticed about him kind of recently, that if you're going to bank on anything, like he, he definitely like, I think we had questions about Kobe as a point guard, which I think the jury's still out on that. Mm-hmm. And when Cole Anthony got there, I think we tend we thought that he pounded the ball a lot and, you know, just wasn't the best leader, which I don't really disagree with or I really don't agree with. Um but Caleb is very much a point guard. Um he's made some nice passes this year um i've I've seen him run the floor um he's been aggressive on defense lately i think there's things that if he just kind of doesn't lose the fire within those aspects of his game then maybe the scouts will be a bit kind on him Mm -hmm. um but yeah i also think all of that should if he can also realize that that stuff can translate into him scoring, because if he send everybody else up, I mean, he's going to be able to do what we've been seeing more of lately, mm-hmm. which you kind of pointed it out. Like he's best when he's going downhill. Absolutely. I think that was actually part of the problem for the first half of the season was he kept insisting on shooting a bunch of threes, which isn't really his bag. So I think if he can just focus on his strengths, he might have a chance to recover um, some of his draft stock. I just kind of wonder if it's too late, and I, I, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of decision he makes um, at the end of the season because so much of the NBA and going pro these days is about potential. I think his ceiling overall is very high, um, but should he need to, to to kind of showcase that talent a little bit more in year two? Personally, I don't watch any NBA, but I like to watch Caleb Love, so I would love to see him stick around for year two and see what he can do. You know, with some increased confidence and off-season program in which there's not a, a worldwide pandemic, um, I think that could benefit him greatly. Um, one thing I do want to talk about that you mentioned that I hadn't really planned on talking about was your, your comments on uh, Cole Anthony are, are kind of caught my attention and kind of perked my ears up. Do you think that Cole was, was graded unfairly by fans last season when he was on campus? Yes, big time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think it was mostly unfair because of the talent surrounding him. Okay. Um, I think another part of that is he got injured so early and we didn't know it. He wouldn't even really, to this day, he hasn't really admitted when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But we feel like it was really early. I think it was during the, um, ah, what tournament did they play? I think it was Battle for Atlantis. Yep. Um, we're pretty sure it was as early as that. Wow, okay. And so he really wasn't 100% for a good majority of the season. And then when you combine that with the fact that every other player on the team was having their issues shooting the ball and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I just feel like he got a bad shake. It would have been nice for us to get him for another year, but obviously, you know, you're going to go where the money is, and now he's the starting point guard of the Orlando Magic, so can't say necessarily he made a bad decision. But, yeah, I feel like the situation with Cole was pretty unfortunate. I really wish we could have ran that back, but... 
Yeah, especially with uh, with the way that Cole and Garrison were kind of were kind of sinking up there after after he returned from injury. That could have been quite the dynamic duo, especially if you could have played him off the ball a little bit. That would have been very interesting with him and Caleb in the backcourt. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. Okay. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> Chimp, uh, any, any thoughts on Cole Anthony in his in his freshman season that was maybe, uh, you know, not as not as poorly played as, as people may have uh, conveyed? I agree with the point um, that Brandon made about, uh, well, number one, the injury. I think he probably was injured um the thing i think about cole anthony is this is i think the pro game is probably more suited to his game that he was trying to play a pro game inside of of carolina's style or Roy, roy williams style and listen watching him he just never looked comfortable to me he never looked comfortable with his teammates he never it it was just a bad year and now, you know, he goes to the NBA game, which, like you, Michael, I, I don't watch the NBA either, but it just seems to me that a game that is a little faster, a little more maybe spread out, so to speak, uh, probably suits Cole Anthony more than the college game does. I uh, yeah, I mentioned, um, you know, the way that he clicked with Brooks late in the season after the injury. Um, during the injury, Brooks obviously – became the alpha if he wasn't already on that team and and put up some gaudy numbers which which led to me and and many many others uh, selecting him as the preseason ACC player of the year um, for 2020 2021 um, you know Brandon was that uh, kind of romancing the fact that he was by far the best player on kind of a bad team last season um, has he underperformed this year? Or is it simply that he's just got a lot more talent around him and, and Carolina can spread the ball out this year? Um, so we're still trying to figure out what's going on with him. And I I think somebody on our staff hypothesized that it could be that he's playing out of position mm-hmm. because he's been playing the center for, let's see, at least two years. Yep, yep. I don't remember if he played it his freshman year, but I mean, he's basically, and now he's switched to the four and we're kind of wondering if maybe somehow that's throwing him off somehow. Right. Um, and like, it, it's weird because I feel like that's the only theory that I really have. I don't really understand his problems all that well. I feel like he should be able to, or, you know, I feel like he should just be doing better than he has been and he hasn't. <laughs> um, so I don't know. And, you know, it could have something to do with the way that the guards are coming along too. Um, I know that for a while there, they weren't doing the best job feeding the paint or uh, feeding the post rather. And that kind of just hurt the bigs in general, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess that's the best thing I got. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're onto something. Um, you know, his sophomore year, um, was the last time I actually made it to Chapel Hill and saw a game. They played Stanford. Um, and you know, that season he's playing with Luke May, who 
you know, Luke May isn't a traditional Carolina big. He's a he's a stretchy four or five kind of guy. So they're playing four out, and that leaves Brooks as as the low post guy um, on that roster. You know, last season, uh, you know, he was the guy in the front court. You know, obviously Manley was injured all the seasons, um, and it, it just. I mean, Baycott was there, but he's he's a freshman. Justin Pierce was never ever a back to the basket player in the ACC, um, and Brooks once again is is playing the five when Baycott's playing whatever he played last year, sixteen eighteen minutes a game. So, um, I agree that he's playing a little bit out of position. I thought it was blasphemy um, in the preseason when people were talking about him playing the three. I think that would have been a disaster. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, some Carolina fans bought into it, which some Carolina fans will buy into anything that Roy says and take it as gospel. The man's won three national championships. So, um, I have thoughts on Brooks, if I may interject here. Uh, Garrison Brooks, to me, uh, um, I just look at him as a a very unselfish dude Mm -hmm. that wants to win. And you, you you throw in Dayron Sharp, Armando Baycott also playing down there. I just think uh, Brooks is is doing what he's asked to do. Yeah, and he's trying to fill whatever ro- role that Roy Williams wants him to fill, and he just wants to win. And granted, I mean, if you look at his stats, I, I mean, he's averaging ten and seven, which I mean. For an ACC Player of the Year, that those don't work. But the fact of the matter is, I, if if he can help his team win, he's going to do whatever it takes. That's my opinion on Brooks. Yeah, and I think that's fair because, like, if you go back and like look at his previous years, that is definitely what ended up happening. Is his he didn't shoot as much in some of the years where there was just a bunch of talent on the team, and then last year comes along and. I mean, really, we needed everything that he could give us. Mm-hmm. And he he gave it, so I definitely think that there could be something to it. Yeah, I think in my long-winded roundabout, long story, long kind of way was that was where I was kind of going. I think Chimp was the other thing is Garrison. While I don't really believe in his three-point prowess um, as a swingman. I do believe that as far as like uh, free throw range and, and mid-range range, he's far more effective than, say, um, De'Ron Sharp or Armando Baycott would be, which you can't not play those guys as talented as they are, especially on the offensive glass. So those guys are going to play the five, which leaves the four spot for Brooks. Um, you mix in Walker Kessler every now and then, and he's obviously also a five. Who's, he, he hasn't really developed into that Jay Huff type Five man that maybe we we're going to see later on in his career. Right now, right now he's a back to the basket five, so that leaves Garrison playing kind of the 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 face up four, and it may not uh, may not be conducive to him putting up ACC Player of the Year type stats. <clears throat> um, I want to expand out a little bit, um, kind of locally, Brandon. I know you're in the triangle as well, so. Um, you know, Duke is obviously down um, out of the top 25 for the first time since 2016. NC State started kind of hot. Now they're kind of uh, teetering out a little bit. Carolina looks to be putting it together, but not overly impressive at the same time. Obviously, Wake Forest is um, rebuilding. Inside the triangle, inside of the, our immediate kind of zip code area, who is the best team in the triangle right now? 
Um, I, I, <laughs> I guess it's UNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Duke. I, I guess it's probably just the season's been a little too chaotic for them. Mm-hmm. They've, they've missed more games than I think both teams. They might have missed as many as State. I'm not completely sure, but I know they've been all over the place and uh, losing to – I thought they lost to – okay, maybe they didn't. I thought they lost to some mid-major, but I must be thinking of Kentucky. <laughs> but um, – <laughs> But, yeah, um, I don't know. I watched Duke the other night, and I just wasn't that impressed. Right. Um, They don't really have it figured out on defense, and I don't think they have the guy on offense. They're trying to make it Matthew Hurt, and I think that's a mistake. But also, I don't know who else you turn to either, so it kind of is what it is. Yeah. and then, yeah, with NC State, I mean, I feel as though they have done a good job taking care of the teams in front of them, but they've done also a good job of kind of kind of masking some of their deficiencies too. Like, I remember that first game against UNC, and I feel like what they did a great job of was just exposing – something that UNC was really bad at defending, which was the, like, high ball screen. And they were just getting to the rim, kicking out for threes, lather, rinse, repeat, and they came away with, for them, a huge win. So, um, but, yeah, I feel like right now, if I were to put money down on any of the triangle teams in terms of, like, who I thought would actually come out of the regular season looking okay – I guess it's UNC so far. Yeah, I, I'm. St- I, I don't know what's going on with Duke either. I agree that that they're trying to make Matthew Hurt into the guy when I think it quite obviously needs to be Jalen Johnson needs to be the guy. I, I just, I, 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 I mean, he puts up gaudy numbers when he's healthy, obviously, but <clears throat> um, you know, didn't do so much in their last game. But he, that kid's unbelievably talented, and I, I you know, I, I understand making Matthew Hurt the guy. I guess he he can stretch the floor. He's got a good floor game, or certainly a better floor game than he has as a true freshman. Um, DJ Stewart is a player that I really like. I think he has um, Gary Trent Jr. type of a game, and Jer- Jeremy Roach is is kind of an enigma to me. I expected more of him as the point guard coming into the season. I think he's kind of growing into that as the season progresses. And then you have Jordan Goldwire, who's fantastic, especially on the defensive end, or has kind of grown into a player that is way better than I ever expected him to be. Um, you know, I, I do I think Duke's eventually going to figure it out? I, I don't really know. Um, it's difficult to say with with young teams. I think Coach K has obviously lost a step as he's as he's gotten a little bit older. Um, the funny thing to me is that right now I'm, I'm staring at Ken Palm and Duke is actually favored by five against Georgia Tech tomorrow night, which is interesting because, you know, Georgia Tech has only lost two games since since the, the calendar turned to December. Those two games have been to Florida State and Virginia when they lost to, you know, Virginia just the other night by two at John Paul Jones, which I guess brings me to my next question is, you know, is there a team in the league that you think people are kind of unjustly overlooking as far as the ACC goes? Um, 
I feel like right now when it comes to the conversation in the ACC, a lot of attention goes to Virginia, Florida State, and kind of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pitt's sneaky good. Mm-hmm. I, Justin Champagne, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. but like he's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, I've been kind of impressed by Georgia Tech, honestly. Um, Alvarado's been really good, I feel like, for them. Um, I could be saying that because he destroys us every time he plays. This <laughs> game, <but laughs> um, I, I definitely think those are kind of my two sleepers, though, because, I mean, and here's my problem in the ACC. Every year for the last, I don't know how many years, there's been, I want to say, maybe about four or five teams consistently at the top. But the one that is just managed to survive COVID unscathed somehow is Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's painful. I'm watching them right now, and they're up by 13 on Syracuse. Yep. And I am rolling my eyes all the way in the back of my head. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think Virginia is still the team to beat. I, I picked them to win the, the conference in the preseason. Um, I, I was a little bit shaky early after that loss to San Francisco and then getting absolutely torched by Gonzaga. Um, I, I, until tonight, I like Syracuse. I mean, that second half that Syracuse put up the other day, I mean, they destroyed VPI in the second half and they didn't even shoot the ball that well. Um, you know, Georgia Tech is Georgia Tech. They had that game won in Charlottesville the other night. Um, they're up by 10 or 11. Uh, Sam Hauser gets red hot. And, you know, Georgia Tech answers that by Moses Wright shooting a three from the corner and shooting a long jump shot from the elbow, which if, I mean, Moses Wright, his, his development is phenomenal over his four-year career. But the one thing that he absolutely cannot do is shoot jump shots. Now, I say that. And with one second left on the shot clock on an out-of-bounds play, he drills a triple to tie the game the other night. So, you know, what the hell do I know? Uh, I hope that, that Tech can keep up the momentum and they're not too disgruntled after after dropping that game in Virginia. But, I mean, Virginia is one of the, the most difficult places to play in the entire country. Chimp, as far as, uh, as, far as underappreciated teams in the ACC, who gets a nod from you? North Carolina. For me, mm-hmm. uh, it, and it's really that's kind of hard for me to say because you know saying that Carolina's underappreciated, they're never usually underappreciated. But I just see them sitting there at five and three in the league, ten and five. They're starting to play better. You know, you get glimpses and hints that they're capable. They went to Tallahassee, and you know. Went toe to toe with Florida State, so I, I, I'm going to say North Carolina for me. It's interesting, um, Brandon. One more question, I guess, for me, and then I'll uh, I'll turn you over to the champ. He could put you in the bonus. Um, who wins this league this year? Virginia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's really hard to pick anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. Uh, they got that uh, Hauser kid, and the second they got him over from, um, I don't even remember where they got him from. Marquette. But the second I, what was it? Marquette. Marquette, mm-hmm. yeah. 
like the second I looked at his stats and things like that, I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, you guys would get him. And I just, I don't know. Even on bad shooting nights, they're always able to fall back on that ridiculous defense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the struggles that every other ACT team has had this season, um, I mean, everybody has their own problems, but I feel like the, their strength is so overwhelming that their weakness really doesn't matter most games. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i fully expecting them to win the regular season and then maybe do something dumb in the tournament and somebody <laughs> else sneaks into the NCAA tournament off a ACC championship. Bid, so. Jim, who wins this ACC? Oh, boy. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question. <laughs> I, I'm going to say... I, I, I'll say Florida State. Uh, even though Virginia's probably the best team, I, I, I'll go with Florida State. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State as well. And oh, no, I, gotta, I should stick with my guns and stick with Virginia and stop trying to be different. But, I, okay, I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's going to be Virginia in the end. I've, I've been with Virginia all season. I think they're eventually going to win it. I just wanted to give... Uh, just a bunch of respect to Leonard Hamilton, who continues to impress me after I really thought he was a mediocre coach for much of his career in Tallahassee. And probably the last, I don't even, it's got to be six or seven seasons now. All he does is win games and and go to elite eights. And uh, of all the teams that have been on COVID pause this year, I'm not sure that there's been a team that has been less affected. Um, Maybe Villanova. Um, but they've yet to kind of prove that as they have they just come back. But Florida State came back like a house of fire after being off for whatever it was, 16 days or 17 days. And Scotty Barnes isn't even really playing all that well, and Florida State's still just destroying people. So, um, uh, yeah. I, Michael. I, sir. Michael, trust yourself. You know this stuff inside out. You are the smartest ACC person I know Stay with your pick. You're going to be right. Yeah, I do. I just, I just want to talk about how good Florida State is, so I needed a reason to do that. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, man, I, you know, I appreciate you coming on. Um, one thing that we do at the end of the show is uh, we try to get to know our guests a little bit better on a personal level, and uh, and you know, have have the fans and, and the and the Twitter followers and everybody else kind of have an insight as to as to who we're talking to. So um, the chimp will come at you with kind of a rapid fire seven questions that we call putting you in the bonus. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cool. Chimp, you're the man. Go ahead. Are you sure you're ready? (laughs) Uh, I'm sure. All right. Here we go. Question number one, which coach in the ACC would you – all right, now let me preface this question by saying we're eliminating Coach K and Roy Williams from this question, all okay? Right. All right. Which coach in the ACC would you, number one, like to have dinner with, and number two, which one would you like to punch in the face? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I would have dinner with um, – 
probably Leonard Hamilton. I yes. feel like that'd be a good one. Um, I would like to probably punch. I'm sorry. I would like to punch Josh Pastner. <laughs> He has a very He's gonna he has punch a very face. punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, beautiful. Okay, question number two. Who was your favorite athlete as a kid when you're growing up? MJ. Um and boy, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's when you know it's the true I answer. I grew up in Illinois, so I got a early start on all that. Growing up in the nineties and all you know. Winning all kinds of championships, huh? It's the best. Well, that's a good choice. All right, question number three. If you could go back in time and change the outcome of one sporting event, which one would it be and why? This is a setup. (laughs) (laughs) You can feel it coming, Uh, right? Yep. 28-3, Atlanta Falcons. I would have. I feel the right team was on the right side of that. Yeah, that, that whole second half was just terrible. So I've, I've got to jump in here because I'm, I'm from northern Maine. I'm a Patriots fan. always have been since John Elway retired. Um, that game I was watching, I was actually home alone for that game. Um, obviously, I had to work the next day. And I've, I don't know if I've ever drank heavier than I was drinking the night that first, that first half happened. I'm just, they couldn't, the Patriots, <laughs> Patriots could not do anything right. And I was slamming bourbon. Like, I just wanted it to end. I just wanted to fall asleep and be done with that game. And it happened during the halftime show. And I'm sitting in the recliner in my living room sleeping. And I woke up as the confetti was falling. And this is the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. And I missed the entire second (laughs) half of that game. Well, and what's funny is I remember being on cloud nine because I'd never seen the Falcons hit a quarterback so much in my life. Mm -hmm. And then in the second half, it was just comical. It was just (laughs) like they forgot how to play defense. They fell asleep on offense, and it just got so bad. Yeah, clock management wasn't very good either. Yeah. No, not at all. All right, I know that, that was a cruel question. I apologize. So, <laughs> this, one's, this one's even worse. All right, question number four. Would you rather attend every New Orleans Saints home game or every Duke men's basketball home games next year, assuming we're having fans? Oh, God. Um I'm going to pick the Saints because at least I would have elbow room. Yeah. And I wouldn't go completely <laughs> deaf. All right. Like, especially in COVID times, like, I, I don't know how anybody doesn't just get, like, the biggest anxiety going into Cameron <laughs> after this is all over. That's true. That's, yeah. And for those of you who haven't been there, it is tight, like a high school gym tight. <clears throat> Actually, it is a high school gym. Who are we kidding? That's a high school gym. Oh, it's a high school gym. Absolutely. Yes, it is. All right, question number five. What percentage of UNC fans under the age of 35 know who Jimmy Black is? Probably zero. (laughs) (laughs) Do, Do you know who Jimmy Black is? I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't know don't? who Jimmy. I don't know who Jimmy Black is either. 
and Jimmy I, Black was the, was the starting point guard on the 1982 national championship team for North Carolina. There you go. What? And so look at funny. Thing, I am right now, man. What is hilarious about that is I've watched the '82 championship game. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> well, Jimmy Black was uh, one of Dean Smith's favorites. Great point guard. Point guard in every essence of the word that is forgotten, and that's the reason I asked the question because a lot of the younger generation they don't know who the guy is, and he was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm count me in there, man. I'm 37. I don't know who he is, but he played a year before I was born. So, <clears throat> well, we're here to educate too. All right, hey. question number six. What a last longer bet? Last longer North Carolina bet? Who lasts longer at UNC? Roy Williams or Mac Brown? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh man. Uh, probably Roy Williams. I just feel like he's maybe more stubborn than Mac Brown. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna go with Roy. All right. Yeah. All right. The last question is uh, I don't know if you'll think this is a good question or not. I, I find it rather amusing myself. All right. <laughs> you have. Okay. All right. We have three people who are drowning. Okay, <laughs> and you have one life jacket. Now the three the three people who are drowning are Bobby Hurley, Coach K, and Christian Leitner. Who gets the life jacket? <laughs> Bobby Hurley. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, <laughs> I would step okay, on Bobby right. Hurley in order to get to Christian Leitner. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your seven questions. You did quite well, and you are now in the bonus. And Brandon, I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> I, I appreciate the questions, man. That last one, <laughs> Brandon. Man, I appreciate you taking the time on a Monday evening to join us. Um, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. And uh, good luck to you and your your tire heels the rest of the way. Thank you. I appreciate it, and thank you for having me on. It was a blast. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. You guys. <laughs> we'll do it again awesome. soon. Have a good night. See you, guys. You too. Later. That was Brandon Anderson of the Tar Heel blog. I certainly appreciate him taking the time on a Monday night to come on and join us. Uh, first time guest. Really enjoyed it. Uh, took us a minute to find a groove, but once we did, it was a good time. I uh, really appreciate him and uh, and his insight with Carolina. Um, which I, I don't know if he actually said anything that I disagree with, except for saving Bobby Hurley. That would be, that would be, that's a great question by the chimp. I'm not sure how I would answer that. I may just take my life jacket and go home. Um, <clears throat> don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast, uh, jump on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, leave us five stars, leave us a comment, say hello. Uh, we are now on Pandora. I may have announced that last week. Um, I don't remember. So that's Pandora, Spotify, Amazon. Um, everywhere, you know, every major supplier, whoever you prefer, that's where you can find us. Um, what else? Oh, tune into my three time a week column on nupsports.com. That's nupknupsports.com for the best DFS plays 
for Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I have been killing it with finding sleepers and having terrible luck with the high-priced guys so far this year, but I can identify the low-priced guys that will give you three and a half to four and a half times your value. Um, what else? I think that's it, fellas. I appreciate you guys joining me on a Monday evening. I will get this out to you as soon as possible. I am Michael Hunter. Follow me on Twitter at ACCBR1. Visit us at accbasketballreport.com. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, email us, accbasketballreport at gmail.com. Have a great week. Later.